1: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
2: hello and welcome back to mom's the word the parenting podcast I'm Lucy Fallon and I'm your guest host for this week. I became a mum at the start of this year to my baby boy, Sonny, and one of the most surprising things I have found since becoming a mum is how quickly things change. It honestly feels like about two minutes ago that he was just a tiny little potato that couldn't really do very much and now he is army crawling from one end of the room to the other and everyone tells you to really embrace all those moments because they go by so fast and they are not wrong, it is absolutely flown by. One of the most challenging parts of being a mum for me is how little spare time and me time you have. That's one of the things that I really struggled with at first, just finding those moments where I could just have a little bit of me time. And I will admit it does get easier as they get older, but I did find that super tricky at the beginning. And the most amazing thing about being a mum that I have found so far is how his face just lights up whenever I walk into a room. He literally beams from ear to ear and it's just the most magical thing. Now that's enough from me. Let's get into this week's chat. On this podcast, we've heard just how easy it is to become burnt out as a parent. And if we can't effectively tend to our own needs, how can we effectively tend to the needs of our children? That's why it is so, so important to fill up our own cup before we even think about filling up anyone else's. This week, we are joined by special guest psychotherapist Anna Martha, whose new book, Raising a Happier Mother, How to Find Balance, Feel Good and See Your Children Flourish as a Result, is out on the 31st of august and this really brings home the message that caring for our children begins with caring for ourselves and i am so excited to get into this anna welcome to the show Hi,
3: thank you so much thanks for having me oh, thank it's an you absolute for pleasure coming on how are you yeah i'm good i've just been out for a walk um Absolutely. that's my thing at the minute. I think it was the pandemic I've got to thank for that. Just yes. going out for walks. And I talking about filling up your cup. I remember saying to my therapist on one of these walks, as I spoke to her on the phone, and I said, it's like my parenting depends on me going for a walk. And she that- said, yeah, it does, Anna. I was like, it yes. was this
2: light bulb moment. We need those little moments, don't we? Well, I, I have to be honest. I'm a little bit of a fangirl because I actually have your book, The Little Book of Calm for new moms. Um And I was gifted it at my baby shower. So, so that book that mum knew. She knew. She knew I needed that. And um, I have found that so useful. And I still actually refer back to it now. My baby is six months old, but I still refer back to it when I'm feeling overwhelmed or I just need a minute and I need to have a look in the book. So first of all, thank you for that. And your new book is coming out soon, which is really exciting.
3: Yeah. Well, I, do you know what? It was my absolute dream to think of their little book of calm being given at baby showers. I was like, yes, well. <laughs> I just thought it's a little kind of, it's, it's a book, isn't it? that has got a little chapter for each emotion and you just exactly. flick to that emotion and you know for tired minds and busy brains um, because we can't always just read lots and lots of words so it's just a few Mm. paragraphs to help kind of ground you and mostly just say it's okay that you're feeling like this because I think sometimes that's just what we need here isn't it and raising a happier mother um, so if you look at the book it's actually it says raising a happier child and it's crossed out and it says mother so I think so often our focus is on like how can we improve like life for our kids and how can we I get so many mums saying I don't want to pass on my anxiety to my child. I don't want to pass this on. And I'm like, do you know what? The most powerful way that you can support your child's mental health is by nurturing your own. So I've got yeah. a whole bookshelf here to my left of all these parenting books. And I, like, with the best intentions, sometimes it makes me feel better just to like have the books on my shelf, even if I've only read two pages. But yeah. I recognize that with all this wisdom, parenting wisdom, I cannot access it when I'm stressed, burnt out, tired, you know, all of those things. We're just, we're in survival mode. Like how can we think, oh, how would I like to respond in this moment when my kid's kicking off? Oh, I remember that book that I read two years ago and I'm going to do this. We can't, we can't think straight when we're burnt out.
2: uh, That's what I think is really interesting about what you talk about is that it starts with you. It starts with the mum and it's about really checking in with ourselves and making sure that we are okay, which I don't think a lot of people talk about. And I think the reason that people don't talk about that is because of the dreaded mum guilt. And we all feel it. And I mean, even I feel it sat here right now thinking about my baby with his nanny at home. And um, I, I just want to ask, what you would say are the best ways to combat mum guilt? Because we all feel it, and I'm sure you have Mm. your own experiences as well. But what would you say are the best ways to combat it? Oh my gosh,
3: mum guilt. I just like we have just <laughs> joked about it so many times as you know growing up as with when our kids are growing up well mum guilt mum guilt it's just a part of motherhood and I think I just accepted that I was always going to feel guilty to some degree mm-hmm. and I remember in the pandemic there were just another million reasons to feel guilty because I was juggling like work and the kids and the, the house and it was all just too much and I felt like I was failing on every different kind of sphere of my life and I remember sitting mm-hmm. at my desk feeling Total guilt because I think I was working a book or something. Was my kids are probably fighting downstairs, and I remember thinking, "There's got to be more to motherhood than this constant undercurrent of just not feeling good enough." So. I devised a three step technique to use purely selfishly for myself. And then actually, I've shared it loads since then. And it's called the ACT technique, A C T. Whatever kind of guilt you feel. So let's think about the guilt that you just mentioned now. You're feeling guilty that your six month old is at home um, with nanny. And yeah, you're sitting here feeling that kind of undercurrent, a little buzz of guilt. Yeah. So A is address, like literally label it. So we've just done it there. We've just labeled. I feel guilty because is. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the C is compassion. Because if we don't add some compassion into guilt, it starts turning into shame. So we go from that place of I feel I feel like I'm failing. But that's guilt, right? You're saying, I feel like I am failing. That gives you something to challenge. There's a little bit of a crack there that could be open to negotiation. Whereas if we leave it and it turns into shame, it says, I'm a failure. I'm a rubbish mum. My child deserves better. I should be doing better, you know, and it's just these really kind of harsh, critically, just all these statements that are actually really damaging to our self-esteem if we're. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it turns into shame, which actually is really just damaging to our self-esteem when we're repeating these massive statements over ourselves. So I say, right, you have to inject some compassion into this guilt. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to a friend if they said, you know what, I'm feeling really guilty doing my work today and the baby's at home? You know what I'd say? I'd say, hey, the juggle's hard. Like, mm-hmm. your baby is really well looked after and it is so good for infants and children to have different caregivers in their life. It's actually really good for their development. You're doing something you love. It's going to fuel you. You're going to go back to your child feeling a little bit more yourself with a little bit more to give. So we can introduce some compassion just to kind of loosen up that guilt and that shame. And then at the end is the T, and I call this tweak. So I say that if guilt is there to prompt you, it's to prompt you to look at it. It's not there to shame you, say that you're a terrible mom, that your child deserves better, we're not going there. So if guilt is there to prompt you, what might it be prompting you to do? And actually, in this instance, it might be that when you get home, you think, you know, I'm going to put my phone in a drawer for an hour and just fully just absorb my baby. Like that's what I do. I'm going to let it prompt me just to really have some gorgeous time with my child. Or it might be that actually you think, oh, I'm feeling this guilt a lot. What boundaries might I need to put in around my work? You know, and it might actually just be sometimes the guilt isn't even justified and we just need to let it go because actually not really doing anything wrong at all. There's a lot lot in motherhood as well. You know? Oh,
2: for sure. Sometimes yeah. I will literally have spent the entirety of the day with Sonny and I will just look at him and I will feel guilty. And I'm like, what am I feeling guilty over? And nothing is even happening. I haven't done anything. I've been with him all day. And I just think, have I played with him enough? H- have I given him the right things to eat? And I think that we're kind of, we're taught this mentality that we sort of should feel guilty. So I think that is a really like useful tool. And you mentioned something there about me time and you you know, going to work and me being here today, this is something for myself and I'm working and it's amazing. And, um, I think it, it is, and it, I do need to admit that at the start of when I first became a mom, I knew that it was going to, I was going to lose my independence. I knew that, but I didn't realize how much that would affect me. And even, you know, I am a girly that likes to go and get her nails done. I like to go to the salon. I like to sit there and I like to get my nails done. I'll be honest. And I feel like when that got taken away from me, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and, and I, and I feel like I've only just started kind of getting that back. And, and I, and, you know, it wasn't even just that. It's being able to just go in the shower and, and everything has to be so meticulously planned out. So, if we do find those moments where we are able to have time for ourselves, what would you say are the best ways to sort of really embrace those and make sure that we are really like recharging
3: our own batteries? Yeah, I think first of all, that 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 feeling of I feel guilty for missing this. I feel guilty that actually I I've got a bit of grief because sometimes we can grieve what was good. It doesn't mm. mean that we're not grateful for being a mum, we're not grateful for our children, we're not grateful mm-hmm. for our baby. It's okay to feel sad that you're not able to do some things that you love. And yeah. I think often we really, we have feelings as mums, it might be boredom, there's mm. one that we feel in motherhood sometimes is boring sometimes it's monotonous and the routine can just be a bit grueling and you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you think, Mm. oh my gosh, my life used to be so much more interesting than this. What have I become? I'm covered in puree and, you know, babysick and just I'm constantly on my knees cleaning the floor, you know, and it's okay to feel boredom. It is okay to feel a little bit of kind of that, wistfulness about the freedom and I think what we've got to be careful to do is not assume that that's a statement on how much we love our child like you Mm -hmm. can feel boredom at motherhood sometimes it doesn't mean that you don't love your child and I think sometimes we caveat don't we we're like oh I'm having a really hard time but I love my baby and I'm so grateful and I'm so I know that loads of people want babies and they can't have babies and I'm so grateful and you know it's it's as if we we kind of beat ourselves up with the gratitude stick and I think reminding ourselves that you can feel bored and grateful, you can feel overwhelmed and joy, you know. And a, the the and word is just the best in these instances. It's acknowledging that I really miss getting my nails done. I just want to get my nails done. I miss that, and I'm grateful for the reason that I'm not getting my nails done right now. Oh, we can yeah. just hold both. So I think that's really helpful. Is taking some of the shame out of finding that hard. And what we do in that time is kind of entirely up to us. And I always say when it comes to self-care, it's really not what it is, but what it gives you. And the most important thing, I think, is knowing that we love our children laughing. We love seeing them happy, don't we? It just gives us such joy. But there is nothing they love and benefit from more than seeing that sparkle in our eye. Mm. And seeing us laugh and seeing yeah. us feel like ourselves, that makes them feel so safe. Mm. Yeah, my kids love it when I'm just lurking around and being me or sitting on the sofa and saying you know what, I'll do that in 2 minutes I'm just having a rest. I want them to know that I deserve rest. Rest doesn't stop when you're a, when you're a, you know growing up. Yeah,
2: oh for sure. We all need our rest and I think as well like you said about becoming quite monotonous that is what I'm finding sort of at the moment that when me and Sonny sort of are at home on our own I'm finding that quite a lot of the time every day is the same. And I wasn't really blessed with the fact that my partner, just because of the nature of his job, he had to go back to work almost instantly. And, you know, I think at the beginning of becoming a new mom, you sort of are surrounded by quite a lot of people. Your friends are so excited and they're coming all the time. And then after a few weeks, that kind of like, that dies off, I'll be honest. And I think I found that super difficult. I was like, oh my God, I've not seen my friends who told me that they were gonna come every other day. They've not been in three weeks or they haven't texted me to ask me how I am or how Sunny is. And I found myself feeling like that. And I think what it made me realize is that motherhood can be really lonely. And even though there are thousands and thousands of mums that are going through exactly the same thing as you, I think it can be, it can feel like you are the only person in that moment that is going through, that specific thing and what I actually want to ask is how you would say are the best ways to sort of help yourself when you're feeling like that? Because I even now still feel like that when those days are just the same. And I'm thinking, oh, they, nobody else is feeling like this. I feel super lonely um, at home on my own with Sunny. I don't know like what else to do. How would you say are the best ways to deal with that when you are feeling
3: lonely? So first of all, acknowledge that you feel lonely. Mm. And sometimes I don't think we even realize that that's actually what we're feeling. I remember Uh, one day on the school run I was just feeling really tearful and I sat in the car after dropping the kids off and I so what I sometimes do and I encourage people to do is to ask yourself how you are what am I feeling because we often do that for our babies and our kids are they hungry are they tired do they need a nap do they need a snack and it's just turning that question onto yourself and saying what do I need what am I feeling and I I start listing lists ding feelings. Like if I don't know the answer, I might I sat in the car and I said, Am I angry? No. Am I bored? Am I stressed? Am I lonely? And I was like, when I said lonely, it just kind of got me in the stomach. You know, when you're it just really resonates. And I started crying. I was like, oh my gosh, I I feel lonely. I've just been around tons of people. I've got my kids with me. You know, I've just dropped them off. And I and that's the feeling. And I think take the shame out of that as well. Because sometimes we can feel guilty for feeling lonely because we think our children should feel that gap when actually our kids can't give us what our mates can give us. Mm. And they can't give us lovely feedback and kind and encouraging words and hugs and they can't mother us. So sometimes I think we can feel a bit, guilt, a bit guilty that our kids can't be, you know, make us happy and, and meet mm. all of our needs when actually it just makes perfect sense. They can't, so that's fine. But the antidote to loneliness is connection. So where might you be a bit disconnected? Who are you missing? sometimes we think about friends and we, we just realize that actually we're missing that we haven't spoken to them for a while. Are you being honest enough with friends? Are they saying how you're getting on and you're just sending a nice little picture of sunny, like, you know, and saying, yeah, we're all good. When actually you're feeling a bit lonely and you'd really like a proper chat and maybe mm. you can schedule in, schedule in talks. This is what I do with my friends. Are you free at 1pm on Tuesday so that we can chat on the phone? And I'll go mm-hmm. for a walk and they'll go for a walk. And maybe you go out in the buggy and you speak to your friend for like half an hour and you just have that time to connect. So if you're feeling lonely, it's often, it's a, you know, it's a symptom of disconnection that you just probably need to be heard.
2: Yeah. I think, I, I think I found as well that I was actually the first one out of my friendship group to have a baby. So I felt like, potentially at that time, nobody else could relate to me. In the past couple of weeks, actually, a couple of my friends have ended up giving birth which is quite nice. Welcome to the club now you're gonna get it and we can chat. Yes now you're gonna talk to me all the time um but yeah I did I did feel like that and and I think people also make promises that they can't really keep that aren't really realistic I think you kind of get told it's the first baby of the friendship group and everyone's so excited and then it does kind of wear off because people go back to their normal lives everybody's busy everybody has jobs and everyone has their own things going on. And then when you're off work, you're just solely a mum. That's all you are at this like present moment in those first few weeks. And I think that it can become, it it is just lonely. And I think checking in with ourselves is a really, it's a, it's a, a very important thing. But in your book, you break down the six hurdles that we face or that we go through that prevent us from fulfilling.
3: Motherhood, a really fulfilled motherhood. What what are they? So you, you're going to you put me on the spot here, aren't you? But I think some of the <laughs> things. So this is basically all about those things that get in the way of us being the mum that we could be. And I'm not talking about being a perfect mum. I'm just talking about being a happier one. So mm. it's anxiety is one of them, for example. Anxiety goes up in motherhood, doesn't it? We've got a whole host of new reasons to feel anxious and. I have so many moms saying to me, that's just who I am. I'm just anxious. And I say, no, there's so much more for you than this. You don't have to just be anxious. There are so many things that we could do to help you mm. take away. So it's exhausting. It's exhausting overthinking every scenario. I remember my son having achy legs. One day and I knew that it was probably growing pains. I don't know if you remember um, my mum always used to say it's just growing pains. Whenever <laughs> I had achy legs, and I thought it's probably growing pains. He's growing like a weed and eating all the food. But in my head, <laughs> he got cancer. So that night I had to work really hard so that my sleep and my rest wasn't absolutely robbed by my brain going out, you know, a hundred miles an hour into a future that may not and you know probably wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. So I think we can be so robbed in motherhood our headspace and our our presence because as soon as we start feeling anxious about stuff and as soon as we start creating stories in our heads we're not where we are are we so anxiety anxiety was one of the perfectionism is another one where are our standards where are we placing those standards what are we expecting from ourselves that actually is a bar that we're going to constantly be feeling like a failure because it's just not sustainable like how can we change our expectations to mend them to be a little bit more human. Mm. I want to be a perfect mum, Well, actually, perfect parents don't prepare children for, to navigate a wholly imperfect and messy world. Mm. We're going to mess up. It's, how, it's what we do with it after, actually. That's the real learning stuff for our children. So I think the hurdles are about removing and challenging some of those things that we often just think, oh, it's just motherhood, that guilt, just motherhood, that anxiety just motherhood, the attitude to rest that we have, that we have to, so many people feel, me too, historically, and there's still battle with it, that we have to earn rest. We have to do all the stuff and then we, we get to deserve to rest when actually it's a huge basic human need. What are we denying ourselves? Mum's not drinking enough water, not eating all the food. I don't know about you now. Son is probably moving towards weaning. It's like, well, the bananas are the kids. Um, Any nice berries we have, they're the kids. Cucumber, kids, pepper, kids. And I'm there thinking this is the kid's food. I'm like, no, I can eat a strawberry too.
2: I was like this last night. I made... And I and I felt like I was pretty proud of myself, so I'm, I'm going to give myself credit for it. But okay. I made these gorgeous little pastries with like strawberries and and wow. blueberries mashed up in. Okay, uh-huh. and I mean it was a roll of like puff pastry that I, and I saw it on TikTok. So, um, yeah. but I made them, and there was like eight of them. And my boyfriend Ryan was like, "Oh, and I, uh, hands off! They are not for you. They're for Sunny." And he was like, "We can have." one of the pastries it's like there's literally eight he's never gonna eat eight and I was like right okay yeah that's fine but I I was the same I was like no no we can't have those they are not for us and I find as well in the day I'm like I, I have to like my boyfriend will get home and he'll be like have you eaten and I'm like no. <laughs> I've not had anything actually. I've not even had a drink of water. Had. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Sonny's had like absolutely everything. He's had he's, I, had he's had
3: 10 of his fiber a day.
2: And I have eaten nothing and I've not even had a sip of water. I'm just living no. off a black coffee. So no. I do I no. need to I need to check into that a lot more cuz that that is my downfall. But yeah. I you said um then about the pressure and I as well and I know that so many people listening will feel the same but I put so much pressure on myself at the beginning I feel like I have I have tamed it down now but at the beginning I put so much pressure on myself to be this like perfect mum that I had in my head and and my sisters are quite a bit older than me and and they're already mums and I see them and they are amazing mums and I was like I want to be as as good as they are and I put so much pressure on myself to the point where I was kind of turned down help um at the beginning and even with like breastfeeding, I like really, really wanted to breastfeed and I, and I was so like passionate about doing it. And I was like, right, I'm gonna do it for six months exclusively and then we'll introduce a bottle. I did it for three weeks and then we introduced the bottle and I did combination feeding. So I was physically exhausted. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just think that we, we do that and I don't know why. And it wasn't coming from anyone else. It was only coming from me. I was putting the pressure on myself. But what I found interesting is that we don't put the same pressure on dads. And I don't feel like the dads even feel that pressure. And and I don't know why that
3: is. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes we can look to social media because actually I've spoken to my mum about this before and she said, Anna, you mums these days, you just you just put so much pressure on yourself. We never did this. We were never fearful of the same stuff that you're fearful of. We weren't anxious in the way that you are. And I think, do you know what? I think social media for all its wonderfulness, I'm sure that you'll totally agree, is has a lot to do with this. And I think the fact that we do see the highlight reels and to be able to coach ourselves, we have to rationally coach ourselves to remember that Obviously, all of these best bits knitted together do not equal a real mum. But Hmm. we're hardwired to believe what we see, which is why magic tricks are so astounding because our brains just believe what we see. I mean, why, why shouldn't we? We know now that so much is filtered and... So, we're kind of knitting together this ideal. And the other thing is that we have so much research now about different forms of parenting, what's best, why, so, you know, why we shouldn't have done it this way. And I must say that my parenting has evolved in the last kind of eight years, nine years of being a mum because of the stuff that I've read. So, the more Mm. information we have available to us telling us how to do it right, the more we think we should, that there is a right to attain to when actually in reality. And I love um, Dr. Becky uh, Goodinside. She's from America. She's a psychologist and she she writes a lot about parenting. And I've got one of her books and I love all of her stuff. And she often says, I don't get it right all the time. I do not get it right. I yell at my kids. I get overwhelmed. I, I mess up. And, and I love that because all the, all the people in all the world that know the stuff about parenting and babies – They'll write the stuff that research shows is right, but they know most of them in reality that actually to live that out all the time is not possible. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think often we're just there's all this information out there telling us how to do it brilliantly, and not always accounting for the fact that we're humans, we're tired. We've some of us have had challenging upbringings, some Mm. of us have been through trauma and loss, and some of us don't have supportive partners, and some of us have different financial, you know, resources, and actually we're all just doing the best we can with what we have and what we know.
1: Do you have an insatiable fascination with the paranormal? Brace yourself, for the supernatural world is about to reveal all of its
3: secrets on the Paranormal Activity podcast. And who better to guide you through this hair-raising journey than myself, Yvette Fielding, renowned paranormal investigator. Every episode of Paranormal Activity takes you on an unforgettable adventure into the unknown. It was so vivid. I saw a white figure move towards
1: the end of the corridor. The first thing I tried to do was I got my phone out of my pocket... I tried to film it and my battery, the line on my battery, it just went to zero. My phone went straight off.
3: We have witnesses that were in of Woods that night that were assaulted and illegally searched and detained by the military. No! And they saw the object on the ground. Will you dare to join me?
1: Listen to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, wherever you get your podcasts from. Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
2: One of the things that I have found helpful is to just know that everyone is winging the life out of it yeah. no one really knows what they're doing no one because you face with different challenges all the time like I was speaking before actually because um we put Sonny in his own room a couple of weeks ago because he I mean I have not been blessed with a sleeper he does not oh, sleep darn. and <laughs> I know it's not great I had one um, of those. yeah I know and I just keep seeing on Instagram all these people saying oh my baby slept for eight hours last night and I'm like Hun, where is this? Where is this energy from you? Um, But he, uh, yeah, we've not been blessed with a sleeper. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we put him in his own room and it was going amazing. He was sleeping from like seven till two, which was great for us. And then we were getting him in our bed and then he was probably waking every couple of hours after that. But um, it changes all the time. And like right now, like last night, he did not sleep at all basically at about four o'clock in the morning he was just awake oh babbling away and it, and he was awake for like an hour it was like he, he sending he you coffee to, through the screen you, thank you so much and i've actually had two double espressos so i'm a little bit quivery but um <laughs> he it's like he had to go through his wake cycle at four o'clock in the morning mm. before he could go back to sleep again and and i think we we have to just sort of wing it because it changes all the time and you can go back and refer to every single thing, every sleep book, every sleep expert or whatever. And it's just different for everyone. And I know I have to keep it in my head that it's going to change and in a couple of weeks time, he's going to come out of the other
3: side and with gonna get a full night's sleep yeah, we'll pray pray for me it will come it will come and there is so much i think this is one of the massive things that we struggle with especially those of us who are quite kind of driven or perfectionist is the fact that we we can't control half of it and the books are kind of guidelines but ultimately they the book's Don't know if your kids got a cold or if they're harboring kind of fighting off a virus or, Mm. you know, they're navigating a new food or learning a new skill. Like, I I thought I'd nailed it the first time around, if I'm honest. (laughs) I'd read a book. My son, it seemed, had read the book in the womb. He was straight (laughs) down the line. And I honestly thought it was all to do with me. I was like, this is amazing. I'm loving this motherhood thing. Let's crack on. So by the time he was one, I was pregnant again. And there began the most humbling experience of my entire life because I thought I was going to copy and paste what I'd done before and none of it worked. None of it worked. It was a whole different experience. And he had reflux and he was up and he screamed for kind of solidly for about nine months. I was chronically sleep deprived. I got postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety. It was just, I was like you. I was like, no, I'm fine. I don't need any help. Thanks. I've got this covered. And I was totally humbled. I realized how much I needed people. I realized how vulnerable I needed to be with people. And it just showed me that there is so much outside of our control. And just as a sleeping baby doesn't mean that I'm a better mum in the same way a non sleeping baby with reflux who cries doesn't mean that I'm a bad mum. And that's Precisely. really what I believed. I thought yeah. I was a good mum, then I was a bad mum. And I think, yeah this is this is the risk when when we kind of make statements about who we are and how well we're doing according to how our babies and our children are and that's i think part of what i wanted to kind of strip away in the book is the power that it that it is when we make these statements about ourselves i'm doing a rubbish job or and actually you know they're just little humans doing their thing and and can't they're, all half they're, they're all, all different. They're all different.
2: Every single one is different, and you know, we. To be fair, we've been. He, he doesn't really sleep, but he is quite chilled, and he will kind of good. be put put down anywhere, and he will go to anyone. He doesn't cry when I leave the room or anything like that. So he is chilled. So we've been blessed with that. So so that is good. <laughs> you will take it. You take, take that. It. I'll take anything <laughs> to be honest. But we actually have a question from the public which is amazing. So I'm going to read it and then we can kind of conflap. So this is from Nadia on WhatsApp and she says... Hello. First off, I want to say I've been loving the podcast and have meant to get in touch for ages now, but haven't had the chance. That's motherhood, right? Sure is. I'm looking for a bit of advice about judgy people. As soon as I became a mother and especially breastfeeding in public, I feel as if everyone has something to say about how I live my life. Nothing I do is right. The other day I was in the park and was breastfeeding my baby girl. Of course, I expect the odd look every now and again, but someone actually came up to me and told me that I shouldn't be flashing everyone in the park, (sighs) even though I was out of the way. And even though I was just feeding my child, I was ready to tear him a new one. I would have done. But then something took over me and I just froze up. It's one of those moments you think back to when you're in the shower and think of all the different scenarios. How would you approach this?
3: Oh, the judgment and the fear of judgment and what other people think and the things that they say. And I think one of the most powerful statements I've heard that I've had to really kind of ruminate over to make sense of it is what people think of you is none of your business. Mm -hmm and obviously that was made her business but what is meant by that is that what people how people judge you says more about them than about you it might be that that person has had a negative experience it might be that person's really angry it might be that that person didn't get to maybe support a partner who wasn't able to breastfeed their child and therefore actually they were feeling some kind of anger and frustration or grief in that moment it it might be that I mean goodness knows what and this I think is is the fact that we just never know the reason that people are the way they are they are and I my middle child he's autistic so he's six and he often has quite public meltdowns where he is crying and thrashing around in shops and supermarkets. And I know that some people will be looking at me thinking she needs to control her child. She shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. I can just see it in some people's faces. But I must say being his mum has been one of the most liberating things of my life because I've learned to deal with the fact that I just think, oh, you've got no idea, mate. Mm, you got no idea. And I, I've learned to go to the people and make sure that there are people in my life who get it. So for her, make sure that she has friends in her life who validate her choices to breastfeed her baby. I mean, I remember breastfeeding my kids in some really dodgy places, you know, sat on the floor on a train because mm-hmm. there were no seats, making my father-in-law rather uncomfortable at points because I just didn't, I could never be bothered with a cover because no, he just put it off. No, I was the same. I was Exactly. The same. And, I, and I think I just had to I've got a little anchor tattooed on my uh, on my wrist and it's it's really just to mean anchor yourself in what you know to be true mm. that you are loved by those who know and understand you best and you're trying to do good things and I just think sometimes just holding on to that truth I am feeding my baby in the park I have every right to do this those who know me validate my choices I'm doing nothing wrong and that is what I'm holding on to and everything else is just subjective judgment and noise that says more about that person than it says about you so I think sometimes it's about just putting choosing to put your blinkers on mm. and yeah just thinking that's a shame that that person goes around feeling so angry. angry because yeah she won't be the first person or the last person that's faced this no. wrath whether about that or something else. I know.
2: I I actually didn't really experience that sort of judgment about breastfeeding, not that I was completely aware of anyway. But I just think that that says, like you said, that says a lot more about you than it does about anyone else because that seems like a you problem. I think that's weird. You're feeding your baby. Like if if you think that that's weird, I think you're weird because that is definitely a you problem for sure. So Anna... Your book comes out on the 31st of August. Is that right? It does indeed. It does
3: indeed on the last day. Yes. I what, think. what do you want people to know about your book before we wrap things up? So it's very much about you as a mum. And I think we mother all the time. We don't just mother our children. I'm pretty sure the vast majority of people listening mother friends, mother, maybe elderly parents mother other people's children. And I think we, us mothers, mother, but it's so important to be mothered. We need mothering ourselves and we need mothering from ourselves. We need mothering from our friends. We need to get to a place where we can allow other people to mother us. We've just been through a really, really tough time of grief as a family. And I must say, I have been so mothered by friends, literally held whilst I've cried. And I know that we all need mothering in motherhood and the more openness and honesty we can cultivate in time and find the confidence to be honest with each other the more mothers we will have in our lives and so the book's very much about you deserve happiness all those things that you want for your to to nurture in your child the confidence the the headspace the good balance with rest the uh, the sense of identity and who they are and what they're worth we deserve that too So instead of just purely thinking about your child, know that if you nurture yourself, your child will automatically benefit. As I'm looking after myself, my kids are benefiting as an amazing side effect of that. So it's, yeah, it's about not just raising a happy child because it's not a parenting book. It's a book to mother mothers and help them mother themselves. And then we can make more sense of and access the parenting stuff when we need it because we're less burnt out unless living in survival mode yeah
2: that is amazing i actually can't wait to read it because if it's anything like your last one i know that i am going to find it very beneficial but thank you so much for talking to me today i know that all of the listeners will will really benefit from from this episode so thank you so much thanks for having me absolute pleasure thank you (laughs) Thanks for listening to Mums the Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free even anonymously if you want, at 075-999-27537. Email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Bye for now!